Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie. And welcome back to the Harder Way Podcast. You know, uh, yesterday was Father's Day. Oh, it was? Yes. Uh, I should have done something for you. I totally forgot. Uh, yeah, that was, your, that was your subtle reminder. No, you know what? You guys were great. Just kidding. You guys were, you guys were really great. All the kids and, and the adopted kids, everybody everybody uh, was really great. And uh, I felt very loved and, and appreciated. But you know what's funny? Um, as you get older, you, you, your desire for uh, or, or your understanding of what being honored means changes. How so? Well, I think about like, what does it mean to honor my heavenly father? Mm. What does it mean to, because that's, that's who I really want to honor. And to be honest, for, for all of my, for my children, uh, I I want them before anything else to honor God, because that's the best way to honor me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think. If, if your children love you, they'll love your God. If your children are honoring you, they're going to be honoring your God. Yes. Yeah, if they love you, they'll love your God. Absolutely. And if they honor you, they'll honor your God. And I think that, um, but for me, for me, if you're, if you're, I'm thinking, do I want a tie or a mug or a, you know, or a keychain or a, or whatever? I know I want my children to honor God 365 days of the year, and I could skip the holiday. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, and I've been thinking a lot about that because I'm thinking about like, um, when when I the first time that I went to. Uh, Cuba, my dad um, was really upset with me. Really, and he was really angry with me, and I and I always tried to. I mean, they were obviously growing up. I, my dad had PTSD, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. of course, we didn't know what it was called then, but he definitely had it. He was a war veteran. He was a, he was yeah. a veteran, and he was in, he spent a lot of years in Vietnam, not just one or two or three tours, but he's a lot. there the whole time. He really. was there pretty yeah. much off and on for the whole war, um, and. About 10 years off mm-hmm. and on. And when you went to Cuba, he was not happy at all. He wasn't. And it was mostly because he was worried for my safety. Mm. And he was really upset with me. And, and I just, and I was praying as he was chewing me out, basically. Right. Lord, give me a response. <laughs> Giving you an earful. And, and, and all this, these words came out of my mouth and they almost, they surprised me. I said, Dad, if you are angry at me, because I see a cause bigger than myself and I'm willing to lay down my life in service of that cause, then you have no one to blame but yourself because this is the example you've given me. Ooh. And he stopped and said, well, okay then, I guess I'll pray for you. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which, there you go. You know, it was, uh, it was quite a shock, but I think it reframed the conversation to... You know, being a place of, of him recognizing, Dad, I'm, I'm honoring you, mm. right? And I think 
I see a lot of relationships between fathers and their sons and their and their daughters, and they're really dysfunctional. They're really a mess, and children oftentimes have grievances with their parents, and and let's just say they're legitimate. Some some are kind of petty, but a lot like of like you gr- didn't give me a pony when I was five, and it traumatized me. Right. That that yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you have. Children grow up and they and they ha- can have legitimate grievances with their parents because we are broken people, right? We're and we're raising abuse is a real thing, yes. neglect is a real thing. You know, we completely validate well, that. Codependency is real, and you know, even like um, when I think back of you know of raising my children, I know that you you get grown and they say, well, you know, Dad, we wish you would have said this, or we wish you would have did that, or wish you hadn't have done this, and you're like, boy, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like my mom was kind of uh, really uninvolved in my life uh, in high school and stuff, and I was hurt by that, and I and I kind of carried that wound a little bit. And I remember saying to her mom, "You know, you weren't that involved." And what she said to me was, "Gee, I thought I was doing the right thing because my mom was so overly involved in my life that I never felt like I could breathe." She felt smothered, and so she's trying to give you breathing room. Yes. And you're thinking like, huh, why doesn't my mom ever come to my stuff? <laughs> so a lot of times I think parents mess up by trying to do the opposite of what their parents did. Because, they've, mm-hmm. they've, because they've, they've done a couple of things that are biblically unsound. One, they've judged their own parents. Oh, right. Yeah, and they've said, point. my parent did this, my dad did this, it was wrong. And so then they've decided the solution is to do the opposite. Now, sometimes doing the opposite is the right solution. Obviously, I mean, if your parents are abusive or neglectful or things like that, you're right. going to want to do the exact opposite of that. I, went, I mean, I went through a church that split, was with part of a church that split twice. And the first split, the leaders in the church tried their hardest to do everything in a way that honored God and was right. And everything they did blew up in their faces. So when it happened again, I was still a part of the original church. When it happened again a few years later, I just did the opposite of everything the first guys did. Oh, goodness. And it worked out a lot better. There you go. So sometimes doing <laughs> so, the opposite works. So sometimes it, sometimes works, it works. But I wasn't judging those guys. I mm-hmm. felt sorry for those guys. I was like, man, they tried so hard and it blew Because you up. knew their heart was I'm going right to try place. it the opposite way, and it worked out all right. But I think the thing is about, about, uh, about Father's Day and about honoring your father, and specifically I'm talking about fathers because we have a heavenly father. Right. That's right. how that's how God chooses to reveal himself to us um, is, you know, as male. Right. right. We know God's beyond gender, but, you know, he, he, he cho- chooses to reveal himself as male to us. And so we um, should engage with him in that way. Right. And, he, you know, we see time and time again through scripture that he is referred to as our father, our heavenly father, that we're his children. Right. So that relationship uh, is reflective of, of the earthly relationship. That's how we can kind of make that point of connection. So I think where does where does God differ as a father from me as a father or my father as a father or my spiritual father. You know, the founder of our ministry, I really consider to be my spiritual father. Hmm. And so um, so where, where do these men differ from God? And the first thing is, is that our heavenly father is always right. Wait, and, are you saying that you're not always right? Okay, move beyond that. That's not what you told me. <laughs> well, I, for for all your for for everything you're concerned with, I'm always right. But, oh, I see. <laughs> but no, but from <laughs> from from the biblical sense, God right. is the only one who's right. always because right. Because our heavenly Father, He's all powerful. He's omnipotent. Mm-hmm. He's all knowing. Omniscient. Uh, right. And and so He and He's and He's omnibeneficent. All good. All good. That's right. 
That's right. So when someone says, how you doing? You want to say, oh, it's all good. You can say, oh, it's omnibeneficent. <laughs> oh, wow. Fancy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's God is all of those things. Our Heavenly Father is all of those things. And we know that because it's revealed to us through Scripture mm-hmm. and through our experiences with Him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a challenge for us because sometimes we want to relate to our Heavenly Father the, re- the way we related to our earthly father. And we want to see Him, our Heavenly Father, as capricious, like He kind of wishy-washy, does whatever is best for Himself, mm. can be cruel or heartless, uh, might, be, uh, might be mean or unloving or unkind. And... And so, and then we tend to interpret things that happen in our lives through that lens, mm, not realizing yeah. that that's not who our Heavenly Father is. Our Heavenly Father is perfectly loving. His love is just as Paul describes it in First uh, Corinthians 13, you know, patient and kind and, and, and keeps no record of wrong. All of those things, it's, just, it's that and even better. Yes, right, even more than we can understand or comprehend right. because our human minds can't actually fully conceive of a truly whole, perfect, untainted love. Right. Yeah. Right. So even more than, than what we and, see. And so we can see pictures of what God's love God's love looks like. Like we can see um we can see love as a uh, demonstrated on the cross. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, that's the the biggest one, right? Mm-hmm. If we're thinking about, you know, what is that manifestation of God's love? We we see that in the in the sacrifice of of Christ. We can that's s- the biggest. We can see God's love in Him sending prophets, sending angels, mm-hmm. uh, bringing you know coming in the mm-hmm. flesh, uh, in the incarnation. You know, we see uh, by setting the perfect example, by paying the price we couldn't pay, by keeping both halves of the covenant. I mean, we can. In so many ways, we see we can see God's love. That we could list probably for an hour just ways we can see God's love in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, our picture is really incomplete. Yeah. And I think one of the other things, if we're talking about ways that we can kind of get confused between our earthly fathers and our heavenly father and things like that, is I see a lot of people in their personal lives, always trying to earn the favor of their dad, constantly trying not to disappoint them. And for some people, that's a yoke that they've put on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. But for others, they do have an earthly father that uh, expects them to earn the favor, affection, all those things. And I think that carries into a lot of people's relationships with God, that they're constantly trying to Uh, earn his favor, constantly trying to, oh, I got to get into God's good graces. I got to, you know, put myself into this positioning so that he's not going to be disappointed in me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think uh, we, well, to be honest, many people get, uh, get saved and I, and I have not been, um, I, I don't, I don't exclude myself from this. Um, many people get saved and then they go about trying to earn what they've been get freely given. Mm, that's the human that's the human nature isn't it is we can't i think that with when it comes to salvation right we say it's you know a gift of god by grace alone through faith alone right but that's something that is so insane like the idea that we can have salvation and we don't have to do anything to earn it to deserve it it is just freely given to us that's such a wild concept that in our minds, 
we're thinking, no, there has to be something. Like, this can't be right. Right, it has it to be can't a catch. just yeah. There's there's a catch somewhere, a right? Cost. It can't just be a gift. That's not that's not a thing. And so you know, like you said, saying this is a free gift, but I need to try to work for it. Right, and yeah. I, I like to tell people that salvation is the only free gift that'll cost you everything. Oh, because we give the Lord. That's our, tweetable, right? We give the Lord our lives. We, we you know we we submit our lives to Him, and so. Uh, but what we're really doing is putting things in the right order. Right. You know. Uh, it's just it's just like you go into a library and you catalog things according to the Dewey Decimal System, you know, and and uh, the, and and uh, and everything's in the right order. And and in our lives, it's the same thing. Things need to be decent and in order. And part of the way of putting things in the right order is recognizing that we are stewards, not owners, hmm. and that we are. We keep coming back to this, folks. Yeah. So maybe start paying attention to yeah, that part. To that part, and then also that we are. You know, you're going to be a slave to somebody or something, no matter what you might think you are, because you're going to serve somebody or, or something. And so we go from being slaves to the flesh and slaves to the world and slaves to sin to being a slave to Christ. Or mm. slaves right yeah. And that's and a which, bond servant. A bond Christ, servant. That's right. Say. That's right. And so, but go, you know, continuing on the theme of this Father's Day idea, and I and I want to tie it into the persecuted church a little bit because. When you get saved in the persecuted church, a lot of times that means you become a part of God's kingdom and you lose your extended family, at least temporarily, if not forever, Mm. because they're not following you in. Right. And, you know, we know I always tell you God has no grandchildren. Right. Right. Yeah, that's God has God has children. He doesn't have grandchildren. That's right. And so your own relationship. So they don't fall. They don't fall necessarily follow you into the church, at least not right away. And so. You know, you're you're relating to God in a different way because you're really seeing God as completely detached from your family. Hmm. Oftentimes also, uh, those who get born again in the persecuted church don't have the lifetime experience of church, so they don't have the church wounds that many of us have. Oh, yeah, right? those of us who grow up in the church. Yeah. You know. Sure. I mean, I, and I can think of, of my own church wounds that led me out of the church as a young boy for a number of years and because and mm-hmm. I just felt unwanted and unloved by the by the people. And right. I, not oh, by God. Not but. by God. But I was, you know, but 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 when you're young and immature, you think of the people as kind of being the representatives of God. And so if they reject me, God's, God's rejecting, rejecting me. You. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. Um it's very painful. And I think uh um as we look at the persecuted church and we look at their they they have the blessing of not having most of them not having that the, that baggage to bring into the church with mm. them and then there's a very clear understanding that okay i have a new father now my father is god yeah and that i can serve my father and i can honor my father and that's really where after 14 minutes in i really want to get to for a minute is talking about how do we honor our heavenly father oh well, you make a holiday. Yeah. You give cards, ties, mugs. Yes. And maybe do like, you know, a barbecue. Bar- some kind of barbecue, like make some hamburgers or something. Well, barbecue might be tied to the offerings and the temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, by the way, just as an aside, I remember my first time in China, um, every place you went smelled like incense. Really? Yeah, I've thought be- about this in years. But every place you went smelled like incense because every place you went, there was somebody who had some kind of a um, a 
well, in Spanish, it's an ofrenda, you know, yeah. kind of like a, a little place. The little, like, personal temple things yeah. where they, yeah. For their, where they're burning incense for their dead ancestors and stuff. Okay. And so I thought about that, and I thought about what it must have been like in Jerusalem, uh, you know, before the temple was destroyed. And what it must be like to get near Jerusalem and to smell, you know, the way we smell barbecue today, <laughs> right? That's you such would, a weird thought. You would smell the offerings that were being given to the Lord uh, probably for miles around. And I thought, wow, what would it, what would it be like? So I, I'm obviously doing the, the temple offerings for the Lord now, but Romans 12.1 tells me to offer, offer myself as a, as a living, living sacrifice. sacrifice. So what does it smell like? If I'm offering myself as a living sacrifice to my Heavenly Father, if I'm laying myself down, because hmm. that's my my legitimate act of worship. worship. This, yeah, this is your holy act of right. worship. Right, and you're supposed to say, it probably smells like bacon. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at all. <laughs> but you know, so what is, the fra- what is the fragrant offering of my life unto the Lord? When I lay it down for the Lord. And I think that the persecuted church are asking that question, maybe not in those words, but they're living that reality because their lives are constantly laid down for the Lord because there's nothing else to lay their lives down for. Because hmm. that's always the temptation is, um, do I fight for my life? Do I flee to save my life? Right? Do I compromise my actions or my beliefs in order to have a life that's for myself? Or do I lay my life down for the Lord and trust him? Well, I think if we're talking about this concept of honoring God, right? Mm-hmm. And what does it look like to honor God? I think this is a time where we can draw a couple of parallels between, um, you know, an, an earthly father and, and a heavenly father in the sense that one example, right, is valuing the things that your father values, you know, prioritizing those things. Because if your father has a really high value, you know, on on hospitality, let's say, and then you grow up and you become this very hospitable person, you're always hosting people's in your home, put people in your home, that's honoring to your father because you've taken something that's valuable to him, you've hidden that in your heart and made it valuable to you. And that's what we can, one way, that a very important way that we can honor our Heavenly Father. You know, we can see through the scriptures, what are the things that are important to God? Mm. Because if we want to know what His values are, what His priorities are, what's important to Him, if we want to get to know that about Him, we have to look to the scriptures because that's where that information is revealed to us. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, we can honor God by getting our priorities straight, Right. Yeah, and by yeah, and, and I speak that's like spending more time in Scripture, mm-hmm. so that we're spending more time with Him, mm-hmm. so that we know Him better and know what He values better, what His priorities are. Because I got to tell you, if you read through the Old Testament, um, and you read through, especially Judges, I think that what you see is you see a God who is demonstrating love by being long suffering, demonstrating love mm-hmm. by telling the truth. Demonstrating love by sending a deliverer. Demonstrating love by allowing hardship to come. And this is a tough one. Allowing hardship to come when the the nation has gone out of the covenant in order to get them back into the covenant. Yeah. And we we see that in the in the persecuted church, right? All of Mm -hmm. the amazing, you know, purification of the body, the growth Mm -hmm. of the body, you know, that comes from 
persecution, the, the spiritual growth and benefits that come out of persecution, the blessing, right? Blessed are the persecuted, right? right? And so that's huge. That's huge. And we see that in the, in the persecuted church that, you know, God's love can come in the most unexpected and maybe not necessarily the way we would choose it, right? Right. <laughs> but we can see his love through that. Well, when you think about salvation, tying, keep keeping on the same thing, you think about salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. So you have the the Father reaching out and then us just saying, okay, we trust, we believe, mm. pistuo, yeah. right? That's and the Greek. That's the Greek word, which is, means like I faith or I believe, Yeah. right? And so... If you think about it that way, then as as a parent, I mean, you want your child, you want your child to trust you. You want to be trustworthy, which our heavenly Father is obviously trustworthy, so that when you need to be trusted, they will trust you. Mm-hmm. Stay right here. I don't see any danger. I said, stay right here. I don't have time to explain to you the ten causes of danger that you're facing right now. I just need you to stay right here and believe me. Right? You want them. To trust you, and I think as we follow God's um, st- the story of God, the Heilsgeschichte, the revelation of salvation history. That's German for salvation history, right? Uh, <laughs> as we follow that through the Scriptures, and we get to know our Heavenly Father a- a- as Father, and then as and as Son, and as Holy Spirit, and we get to know God in those ways. We get to see love. Then we see this Father that we really want to honor. And that we really want, and that we really can trust. And so I think that that once we've made the choice to trust our Heavenly Father, then it's what is the vehicle for doing that? How do we do that? How do we make that happen? And that's the harder way. That's yes. choosing faith over, over fear, because fear. fear is the world's way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, many fathers take that approach with their children. Many earthly fathers they take that approach. I get obedience through fear. Mm. Right? Because we do honor God through our obedience, mm-hmm. but we should not be obeying him because we're scared he's going to smite us. Right. We should be obeying him because he's worthy of being obeyed, right. because he's trustworthy, because he uh, is all loving, right. because he's all good, because he's the be- you know the beginning and the end, right? right? That's why we should be obeying him. And we talk about obedience, and I think our minds go to this list of a thousand rules. Right. Right? But here's something interesting that I heard someone talking about, and I thought this was really great. They talked about the fact that in the very, very beginning, in the garden, we have the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that was the one thing that God said, don't do that. There was one no in the entire world in a world of yeses in a world of yeses it was all yes until it was no and there was just one no and i think that that's what we need to look at now that that is reflective of god's character that anything that god is saying don't do this he's never telling us not to do things because he doesn't want us to have fun or because he doesn't want us you know uh don't have too too much enjoyment in your life or don't you know don't do this or that the only things that God tells us not to do are things that are going to cause harm to ourselves or to others. But sometimes we don't realize that those things cause harm to ourselves or others. And right. so we think, oh, God's just, you know. Cosmic killjoy. Co- yeah, cosmic killjoy. Exactly. Yeah. But we have to realize that if there is something that God sets out in scripture and says, this is not okay, 
it's because it is going to be to our detriment or the detriment of others or both to engage with that. Yeah. And so we have to recognize that, that when we're obeying God, you know, we're obeying him because he's worthy of being obeyed and we're obeying him because we should be able to know and trust that he knows best. Mm -hmm. And that if we're obeying him, we're going to be keeping ourselves out of trouble, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think, you know, just in the last 20 minutes, we've made the case that people need Bibles. Yes. Because you can't know the things that we know, Mm -mm. barring a divine impartation of knowledge, which I guess you could have that. Um, You can't know the things that we've just discussed about without the scriptures. Mm -hmm. You need the Holy Scriptures. And that's why we are so passionate about getting the Bible into the hands of persecuted Christians who can't get it otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that's why the persecuted Christians have that high view of scripture because they're viewing this from that harder way mindset, right? And they are, they're looking to, to honor God and they know that to honor God, you've got to value what he values, prioritize what he prioritizes. You've got to obey him. And then if you want to know who he is and what his character is and what he values and what he uh, has asked of us, the only way you're going to find that out is through the scriptures. And so they understand just how important that is. You know, um, as we're coming towards the end, there's something important that I want to kind of wrap up with. Um, I meet a lot of young men who are unhappy with their fathers. Some so much so they don't even have a relationship with them. Mm. And I want to I want to bring up a couple of things when it comes to Father's Day. And some people have wonderful relationships with their fathers, and that's good for you. I'm glad. I for wish you. I did. I know. No, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just. Kidding. He forces me to do this podcast, you guys. That's right. Hey, I'm your, chained to the desk right now. Com- <laughs> your ropes coming loose. Stop moving around so much. No. I'm here of my own free will and volition. I promise. Uh huh. I told her to say that. Um. Here's the thing. You're not, you may have a really strained or even non-existent relationship with your earthly father. Mm-hmm. And and you might be thinking, how do I rectify that with, you know, honor your mother and father? Oh, that's right? a toughie, isn't it? Because that's my, the first commandment with a promise. Right. And, and, and the Bible's not joking. Yeah. Right? It says it multiple times. Right. <laughs> so how do I honor... How do I love? You know, how do I do those things to my earthly mother and father? And I wrestled with that as well because their my their view of my parents was more worldly and it was not really geared so much towards the kingdom. And mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out how do I do that. And what I learned through studying the scripture and prayer was that I have to live my life in such a way that I honor my heavenly father. Mm. Because if I because if I can honor my heavenly Father, I can be a man who is not completely. I mean, we all have struggles and sins, but but it's pretty much beyond reproach. That's our goal. Isn't that's it? our goal. Yeah. And a person that's not, I'm doing good in the world. I'm doing good to others. I'm demonstrating the love of God. I'm make I'm making the world a better place than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I can't comply with the things that maybe my parents want me to do, I can honor them by saying I'm I'm trying to please God and I'm trying to be the best man that I can be. Mm-hmm. So that you'll be honored by that. And I can tell you, you know, a couple decades down the road that your 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 parents will see that, and yeah. they won't, and they will probably honor that eventually. 
So I want to encourage folks that are listening, young men and young women who have difficult parental relationships and are struggling with the command to honor your mother and father. Honor your mother and father does not mean pronounce the bad things that they did as good. Honoring your mother and father means living scripture towards them. Not mm. being their judge, because Jesus is the judge, but being their forgiver, because we're yeah. commanded to forgive the way the Lord forgive, forgave. Demonstrating love, being patient, and demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Um, being, uh, the, you might be the only, if you have unbelieving parents or p- parents that are barely believers, you might be the only Jesus that they mm-hmm. that, that is represented around them. It's a great point. So be like Jesus. Again, not judging or lecturing, but in the way you live, Mm -hmm. in the way you treat others, in the way you respond to your parents' flaws, in the way you respond to to your parents' shortcomings, in the way that you respond to being mistreated. And you can actually have a kingdom impact in that relationship. But most importantly... Without declaring that which is bad as being good, you can honor your mother and father in a way that more importantly honors your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think um, we want to look to the persecuted church's example in this and recognize two things from them. One, they live the harder way, so they choose they are living faith over, faith fear. over fear. You know, they're answering those questions. How is this gonna work out? I don't, I don't know, know but, but the, the Lord, Lord knows. knows. How am I going to get along with my dad? I don't, I don't know, know, but the, the Lord, Lord knows. knows. How am I going to forgive what my mom did? I don't, I don't know, know, but, but the, the Lord, Lord knows. knows. Right? And I and, and that is the truthful answer. But if you will go down that road, and if you will say, I know I can because the, the Lord has some way for it to happen, even though I don't know what it is. Mm. If you will do that, you will grow in faith. You will crush your fear. You will honor your Heavenly Father. And you will have a de facto honoring of your father and mother and an obedience to scripture by doing that. That's really powerful. And that's the harder way. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.